Welcome back to the My Everyday Chaos podcast, a podcast for women looking for God's voice and biblical focus in the face of daily distraction. It's great to be back with you on another episode of My Everyday Chaos. I'm your host, Alexandra Goman, and today we are talking about the resurrection. You know, it is Easter week, and in honor of Easter, I wanted to take a minute and really look at Jesus's relationship with an incredible woman, Mary Magdalene. If you've been following along the podcast, you know that we've been looking at a lot of incredible women in the Bible. And as I was just doing my own personal Bible study this week in preparation for Easter, I stumbled across Mary Magdalene once again and just felt so moved by her story that I was like, oh, we have to talk about this on the podcast. It's just so moving. So let's talk about Mary Magdalene. If you have your Bible on you, you can go ahead and turn over to John chapter 20. Otherwise, you can listen along. Basically, where the story finds us in John 20, Jesus has died and been crucified, and now he's been buried. And so it's now the first day of the week. Mary Magdalene and some of the other disciples, uh, female disciples we know from other gospel accounts, go to the tomb to, you know, kind of complete the burial, we think. They have all these herbs with them, all these kind of embalming things. But they're on their way to the tomb, and basically they realize, oh my gosh, the stone is gone, and uh, Jesus's body is gone. They tell the other disciples, the other disciples, you know, Peter and John come and check. And sure enough, Jesus's body is gone. And so Mary, we find, we pick up in verse 10 and here's what happens next. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Don't hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Oh man, Mary Magdalene, what an incredible woman. And I love this moment of just this woman on her own, looking for her Lord, weeping, and then she has an encounter with angels. Then she has an, an encounter with the Messiah. And then she runs back and tells everyone no one even believes her. <laughs> it's crazy. And it's just this insane kind of moment between Mary Magdalene and Jesus. 
But I think there's so much that we see here. You know, earlier on in the gospel accounts, we know that Mary Magdalene, it says that Jesus healed her, that she was demon-possessed, and that Jesus healed her of seven demons. Okay, let's think about that for a second. So we know that it, biblically, seven is the number of completeness. So when the Bible says that she had seven demons, it means she was completely crazy. Like it was it was a complete possession is essentially what I think the scripture is getting at here. She was completely insane. And so she comes into contact with Jesus and her world turns upside down. And we know that because she's healed. She's now following Jesus. We know that she's also... Uh, counted among the women that were also supporting Jesus in his ministry. I mean, talk about a transformation story. This woman is incredible. She's kind of hanging out with all the other women named Mary. You got Mary of Bethany, you got Mary, mother of Jesus, and then you got Mary Magdalene. But beyond that, you see just how special her relationship with Jesus must have been. You know, you see here her getting up early in the morning, trying to go serve Jesus, even in death. I mean, that's that's the level of devotion that she was at. Then they get there and everyone else leaves and Mary Magdalene stays and she's weeping at the tomb. I always find it interesting when you're reading about this because it says that the angels appear to her And do you notice, I think she's the only character I've ever read about in scripture that isn't shocked when they see angels. I mean, we've, we've even talked about that on the podcast, all the different, you know, Mary seeing an angel. We've talked about this before and people are always blown away. But when Mary Magdalene sees an angel, it's like no big deal. I don't know if that's because girlfriend had so many encounters with spirits that she's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just expect it at this point. Maybe that's what's going on. But either way, she's just kind of like, oh yes, angels. Okay. Just having a casual conversation. I don't know. That, all, that just kind of made me laugh today. But then next step, so she has this encounter with angels. She turns around, sees Jesus, thinks he's the gardener, And I love her attitude here because she's like, listen, did you take Jesus? And then her next thought is, tell me where he is because I'm going to go get him. Like, I don't know how she thought she was going to pick up Jesus's body, but she was determined. I mean, this woman, talk about being loyal and devoted to Jesus. She left her old life. Then now she's been supporting Jesus, following Jesus, And now even in death, she's still there. She's going to go carry his body. I don't even know how she was going to do that. But that is the level of loyalty and devotion that she had to her Lord. So then she realizes, right? Jesus says to her, her name. He says, Mary. And in that one word, she realizes that it's Jesus. She realizes that the person she's talking to is her Savior and the Messiah. How beautiful is that? Have you ever had someone that just the way they say your name is different than the way other people do? I think about my family. It's so funny. I went by the name Alex for a majority of my life till I was about 15, and then I didn't like it really anymore and shifted. And now I pretty much exclusively go by Alexandra or... If you know my husband, he calls me Al, and all the people that are friends with both of us pretty much call me that now. 
But it's funny, when I hear the name Alex and it's said by anyone other than my family or kind of people that have known me pre-15 years old, it just sounds different. And yet when my mom calls me Alex or my siblings call me Alex, it's like the most endearing term to me. Or when my husband, right, he calls me Al. It's other people can say it and I don't even really notice it. But with him, it's a term of endearment. It means I can, I can hear him in the way that he says my name. And I have to think that Mary must have had that moment with Jesus. I wonder if that's one of the first words that he said to her when she kind of came out of whatever sort of demon possession that she was in, if he called her by her name into a life of sanity and of clarity. It's a beautiful thing. Jesus calls Mary by her name. And in the same way, I think that we just see something really beautiful here about Jesus making himself known to this woman that the world passed over. This has been talked about a lot about how the idea of Jesus making his first appearance as a risen Lord, that he made it to a woman is just amazing. And we've all heard about this at this point, right? The idea that women weren't considered valuable eyewitnesses, all of that. And so the idea that Jesus chose to reveal himself for the first time to a woman is groundbreaking. But then you add the fact that this is a woman who is like thought to be crazy. Wow. Talk about an incredible story. Jesus calls Mary Magdalene basically a worthy witness. She was loyal. She was devoted. Yeah, she wasn't what the world thought a a worthy witness was, but Jesus defined her as worthy. I think the truth is that there's so many things in this world, even as we think about resurrection in our own lives, that maybe we can think about ourselves, ugh, I'm not a worthy witness. Like I'm not I'm not worthy of Jesus's sacrifice. I'm not, I'm not worthy to proclaim Jesus in my life. I'm too messed up. I have too many things in my past. And I don't know what it is that makes you feel unworthy. Maybe it is a past. Maybe it is mistakes. Maybe it's illnesses that you feel like disqualify you. Maybe it's even mental health challenges and emotional health challenges like Mary Magdalene herself was likely dealing with. Maybe it's other people's opinions of you and just people people judging you, people not liking you, people being down on you. But all of those things, right, can lead to us feeling unworthy. What makes you feel unworthy or less than? What things does Satan put in your mind and on your heart to tell you that you're disqualified from being a worthy witness to the Son of God? Just this week, I took Rosie to the park, and we've been loving the spring weather, and it's been amazing, but I took her to the park, and, you know, an extrovert in a pandemic, she's, like, eager to make friends anytime we leave the house, and so anytime she sees a child remotely within the, you know, a 10-year age age gap, she's like, okay, please, please talk to me. Please be my friend. 
And so she saw some kids at the park and she tried to play with them. And she's so sweet. She always goes up to people and says, hi, I'm Rosie. I'm three years old. Like she's just confident. And I love this about her. But she came up to me at the park and I know she had been trying to play with these kids and they weren't really having it. And next thing I know, she's coming up to me and she's weeping. I mean, straight up tears coming out of her little sweet eyes down those chubby cheeks and she's weeping. And I'm saying, Rosie, what's wrong? And she said, mommy, those kids said that they don't like me and they don't want to play with me and I should just go play with my babysitter. And oh my goodness, my heart just absolutely shattered. And she cried and we talked about it. And and it was just this moment where she's learning that not everyone is going to love her and accept her. And I hate that she has to learn that lesson. And so we talked and I told her, you know what, Rosie, you know what the truth is? They may not want to play with you and they may not like you, but I always like you and I always want to hang out with you. And she started laughing and giggling. And then we talked about God and how he always likes her and he always loves her. And before I knew it, she was off and playing and having a great time with her little sister. And it was great. But Rosie, right, has been made already by this evil world to feel unworthy. And I think Satan does the same thing to you and I all the time. And yet I think that Jesus qualifies all of us. He tells you that you're worthy to bear witness. He tells me that I'm worthy, even though we're not perfect, even though Satan tells us we're not good enough. Even though we have mistakes that we've made, and oh, by the way, mistakes we're going to continue to make, he still says that we're worthy witnesses to his resurrection. You know, as we think about going into Easter and we think about the gift that it is to follow Jesus, I want to remind you that God qualifies you, that you don't have to be perfect to be a great witness to Jesus but that Jesus is sitting there saying your name. And I think it's up to us to then go and proclaim who he is to everyone that we know. I love thinking about Mary, recognizing Jesus, noticing him and him telling her, it's me, I'm alive and go on, tell everybody. And I love imagining her running and telling everybody that she could. I mean, she must have been shouting to everyone on the street. As she's running into the house, she's screaming, he's alive, he's risen, he's here. And that's the kind of confidence and the kind of joy that I want to have in proclaiming the gospel this week in my own life. I'm not perfect, but God is. And if you get to know Jesus, he can change your life just like he's changed mine. I want to end thinking about what Jesus says in John chapter 20 and verse 17. He says, Don't hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I love that through Jesus we have access for God to not just be Jesus is God, 
but to now be our God. To not just be Jesus's father, but to be our father. Jesus changed everything for us. He changed who Mary Magdalene was, and he changes who you and I are. But not only that, he changes our relationship with God. He turns it into a relationship that can be with a father and a daughter. And that's a beautiful thing. Happy Easter. I hope this has been helpful. I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure that you subscribe to My Everyday Chaos so you never miss an episode. And do us a favor, leave a review and help us reach more friends looking for peace in a chaotic world. Have a great week, everyone.